everybody, this is James. And Marco. And Nabil. And this is the Movie Pals Podcast, podcast number 86. Today, we are actually... We lied to you guys. We told you we were going to uh, review Mank, but apparently it does not come out until uh, December, actually. There's a couple <laughs> movies like that where they... <laughs> Throwing me off a little bit. I even I even wanted to do a movie for our next pod that I found out uh, <laughs> did not come out to December. Uh, the Sound of Music or whatever the fuck it is. The Metal of Music, whatever the, that Amazon one where he loses a hearing. Oh, yes. That's um, right. It looks really good, but yeah. Sure. Um, I have a feeling we're going to catch it eventually, though, but it's only like limited release like this week, and then afterwards it comes out December. I'm like, God damn. It's all I, coming I out for Christmas, guys. We'll have a yeah. whole list of films for you for the new year. I yeah, we're going to have a nice we, December. We do know how to read release dates, all right? We're professionals It's just that sometimes here. Wikipedia doesn't have the right date down. That's my only issue. So, uh, so today, instead of doing that, actually, and we had always planned to do Never Say Never Again, the 1983 non-official Aeon um, production of uh, of James Bond film here. And uh, Sean Connery's last role, or last, not his last role, his last time being uh, the character of James Bond. Although so, but, some people do say The Rock is basically, his character in The Rock is the Bond character as well. But, I've know, heard that too, but Michael timeline. Bay has no nothing on that, so shut no. the hell up. <laughs> so basically this is the last time Somewhat officially, in a way, I guess. Or maybe, hey, some say the Highlander his last time. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> He's a Spaniard that has a Scottish accent, right? So, I don't know. You tell me. Um, So, we're actually going to have that as our main review. But in this special episode, we, we do have a few things. We haven't talked about video games in a while since we had our, um, our little challenge in the beginning of the year, I want to say. Do you guys recall that? Oh, my God. That was the same year, right? That was ages ago. The Movie Pal Challenge. Yeah. <laughs> that was Movie fun. We went Pals for three for challenge. three. Yeah, we went book, a uh, book, a game, and then a TV sh- a series, right? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, we had a lot of life in the beginning of the year still. So uh, <laughs> this time around, though, we, uh, well, I, Nabil and Marco finally beat The Last of Us Part 2. Yes. So we're going to have a spoiler-filled discussion of that, kind of breaking that one down. Uh, we're going to have a mini-review of, a, we're continuing our Studio Ghibli uh, fest here, since we have, uh, by the way, Nabil is back this week, so we, we found him. Hi, guys. He's, he's guys, here. Found us. I'm here. Some Still very threatening texts again. Very the text threatening texts. Oh yeah, he's got the he's got the Nikes up high and tight. So, uh, Studio Ghibli wise, we're going with the Tale of Princess Kaguya, the 2014 Oscar nominated animated film, and then our main review, like we talked about, is it will be Never Say Never Again. So, without further ado, guys, let's get into our topic of the week. I know you wish things were different. I wish things were different. Ellie! But they ain't. Please stop! I'm leaving tomorrow. To do this smart, we'd be leaving Jackson vulnerable. So they just get to get away with this? How'd you find us? You can't stop this. 
I want what you want. But not at any cost. Okay, so like James was saying, we decided to do a video game this time around for the topic of the week since it's been a while. And as you guys know, every blue moon or so, actually we just had a blue moon on Halloween, we do a video game. And so we decided to just do The Last of Us Part 2 in this one since it's a, a series that is very close and dear to our hearts and one of our favorites. So... Nabil and I just finished it, as James also mentioned. It took us forever and a day, but we got through it, and so now we're here. So without further ado, um, let's get to it. So The Last of Us 2, the plot of it is five years after the events of The Last of Us, the first game in 2013, Ellie embarks on another journey through a post-apocalyptic America on a mission of vengeance against a mysterious militia. So this one was directed by Neil Druckmann, who also did the first game. He's also done Uncharted 4, Thief's End in 2016. And Kurt Marginu? Marginu? I'm botching these yeah, names again. Sure. Yeah, sure. <laughs> one of those. Uh, Kurt Marginu, who also did uh, Uncharted The Lost Legacy in 2017. And Anthony Newman. This was also written by Neil Druckmann and Haley Worgen, who also did Westworld in 2016. It stars Ashley Johnson as Ellie, Laura Bailey as Abby, Troy Baker as Joel, Jeffrey Pre Jeffrey Pierce as Tommy, Stephen A. Chang as Jesse, Shannon Woodard as Dina, Ian Alexander as Lev, Victoria Grace as Yara, Alejandro Etta as Manny, and Jeffrey Wright as Isaac. So just to let you guys know, like James said also earlier, we're going to go full spoilers on this one. There's just so much to discuss in the game, and it's really, really hard to talk about any of the plot points or any of the characters without somehow spoiling it. And, well, it's been a few months now, and if you haven't played the game, then uh, why don't you just put this on pause, go get a PS4 or a PS5, and just play that sucker for the next couple weeks. So, that being said, let's start with James. Uh, what did you think of the game? Uh, I love this game, actually. I know there's a lot of controversy on this game, and uh, it's one of those things where it definitely takes a turn from, you know, like, I didn't expect it to take. And But uh, as of, I mean, I've played a lot of good games this year, and I have to say that this is probably my game of the year for 2020. Hmm. Uh, it, it just it's, takes everything from the first game and it enhances it. I like the continuation of the story. I thought the characters were very relatable, and it's... It's it's a wild ride from the beginning to the end, and I I like the message it has too, and it has kind of like a message about how revenge is not always so sweet and all that stuff. Yeah, right on. What about you, Nabil? What did you think about about the game? Yeah, I, same same thoughts as James. Uh, the extra thing too is I liked 
the the dynamic of the storytelling they gave you the change of perspective and that was different i know that was also really controversial uh that decision for you essentially and again we're going into full spoilers here but yeah. um the decision to go from being the protagonist of ellie to now also becoming the the villain uh abby and playing her Qu- story quotes for the on, same the, on the villain part by the way right yeah uh and so being able to go and see that perspective was was really interesting uh perspective and the other thing about it too that i really liked is that it was a very different style of gameplay for both sides you play what you play ellie and she's the way she plays and the way she interacts with people are different than how abby does and that was really refreshing for me to keep things different and got me interested in different storyline at first i was like eh but then as you get into it you get more involved into the story and you want to know what keeps going on and yeah uh yeah that was that was i think really a, a big difference from the other game for sure but also just like the big uh good takeaway from it like they really tried to make it fresh yeah i uh, i agree with both you guys i i love this game this is hands down one of the best fucking games i've ever played and i was even telling james a little bit about it that it, it you know it's it's stuck with me like it's still the, these last few days like i beat it last week and it's still been on my mind ever since i beat it and a lot of it has to do with the, the big changes they made killing joel you know within the first like couple hours of gameplay making you, you switch guys, between did you guys think that was gonna happen by the way yeah i yeah, i i, I trailers made it kind of see it that way yeah yeah they tried to hide it in the trailers by inserting him into scenes that like uh he wasn't really in uh jesse's in instead later like there's yeah. like a scene specifically that see, tricked I, a lot of people and that's what they i only saw like, the okay. i only saw the teaser I never saw like anything mm-hmm. after that, but even then, like, what's Ellie gonna get revenge on? Come on now, like, they pulled a Marvel guys. Yeah. Oh yeah, and when they, they when they they even when they announced it years back, they they were saying they were focused on Ellie a lot, and I was like, God, but either Joel gets captured or killed or something is what I was yeah. expecting. Yeah, and, and on top of that, when I was scrolling through the internet like a dumbass, I forgot to block any keywords that related to The Last of Us, and so one of the reviews was like something about revenge and. Had a picture of of Ellie there with like a really mean face, and I just figured, I put two and two together, man. I'm I'm really good at doing that most of the time, so it wasn't that shocking that that he died. But I I liked the whole yeah. aspect of like what Nabil was saying, making you play Ellie throughout like the entire adventure and seeing it from one perspective, and then switching it over and seeing it from Abby. I know that was one huge problem, like James said, that people had, but it, it wasn't for me. You know, it, it really makes you see that this this is a world that rules. This is a world where, you know, a- anyone could be an, any, an enemy to anybody. You know, that's why I said, quote unquote, you know, at, for Abby being an enemy, because really, from her perspective, Ellie's the fucking enemy. Joel was enemy. Joel killed her fucking father. You know, of, of course, you know, she's going to want to get retribution yeah. for that. I would, too, if someone killed my dad. Not only that, but the guy was going to do something noble and trying to get a, a cure for for this for this weird virus, and that got taken away. It just really like tugged at all your emotions, at all your feelings. It really made you question all these decisions because you left a trail of bodies playing as Ellie, and you're just killing motherfuckers left and right. And and you 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 mentioned to Bill that 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 Abby approaches things differently too. I would say that Ellie was probably just filled with rage and Abby sort of just kind of like wasn't 
she was sort of like on the defense and Ellie was always kind of like on the offense. And I think those two perspectives kind of made you see this world in a different way. And I like that. Not only that, but it was visually just stunning. It was so beautiful. Like a lot of really good pan shots. They they really pushed this generation of, of consoles to its limit. And you could see that they refined things and made things look like as best as they could for a PlayStation 4 game. But I, I yeah. will say if you if you want to play the best the way this looks, I would highly recommend playing this on a PS4 Pro or a PlayStation 5 because the, the game is set up to play in 4K. This is one of the yeah. better of the games to definitely play in, I would say. So, if you do have that ability that that is the way to go with this game too, so. Yeah, I don't know nothing about that life, guys. I I had to go with the 1080p just still learning <laughs> about but standards here. The Bills living no, in 2012. We understand it. We get it. But yeah, it, I did find me. It did look gorgeous in in 4K. But again, I just I loved that that feeling that it left you. It it wasn't necessarily emptiness. It was just sort of this feeling of uh, man. I I can't describe it. It it just kind of left you really like in your thoughts, you know, and in your feelings. And it's been a while since. I think really what I felt. It's been yeah, a while since the I video game has done that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, no, I mentioned. I, I, yeah, I'm sorry, James. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say I agree with Nabil. It's it's a very it's almost exhausting by the end, especially yeah, just the last scene with when Ellie and you know uh, a very weakened Abby are finally fighting it out and such, and it's just like God, just let it. I, even when I was playing, I was like, just yeah. let it go. Like, fuck, yeah, man. It, it, yeah, but it, it's an know. emotional roller coaster, and it it really takes it out of you at the end and, and you've taken as a player you've taken as much of a toll as as these characters have and like james said it you know it, it shows you the price of revenge and even though i know a lot of people complain that oh well ellie didn't even get to kill abby you know she didn't even get to get revenge but she saw like how the cycle of, vol- of violence would never end how if she killed like, Abby in it? front of Lev, yeah. Lev would then grow up because that was the only right. like sister figure, mother figure that that Lev's ever had, and now Lev is going to go take revenge on on Ellie, and it would just it would just be a it's continuous also like, cycle. but Abby's also lost like everything too, man. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think yeah. I think I mean, it's very they, touching at the end when you know you know. I mean, shit. Abby bites her fucking fingers off, and like she can't play the guitar anymore. And that's her no. one connection to Joel. Right. Uh, Dina's left her Powerful. with the kid, and it's like all these shits in one room. Like, this is it. You're left with nothing now because you went off. And she told her she was serious. Like, hey, if you leave, I'm not gonna be here. Yeah. But hey, it, it's the consequence. Truthfully, she hadn't left. She probably wouldn't have never saved Abby though, in a way, right? So that's yeah, that's maybe true. everything happens for a reason. And it, then the ambiguous ending too, like you can assume Ellie's going after Dina and and JJ, or maybe you know, yeah. she's going yeah. off on her own, you know, just walking away. from I was everything. thinking maybe she's gonna go find Tommy or some shit, dude. So yeah, that too, because that guy lost everything, and you see how revenge just consumes everybody and the damage it does. Yeah, you know? he's kind of the one. I mean, he is the one that tells her like, he you're it. not gonna go and try yeah. to find it. It's like, damn, Tommy, you didn't learn either, fool. And uh, mm-hmm. Ellie was the one that brought him in because Tommy really wasn't gung-ho about it until ellie is pushing him and saying like you know we you're just gonna let this go and it it sucks that because of that conversation he got sucked into all the cycle too it was his family i can't too. believe he fucking survived by the way oh yeah uh that was a headshot on the floor yeah the they they yeah. showed that yeah he got shot in the head uh jesse wasn't so fucking um 
what's it called? So lucky though. No. I remember that uh, the scene right when you walk out there, Jesse just eats it. I'm like, damn, that's my friend. Yeah. I was I was gonna say the first fight with delay uh, Abby and and Ellie when you're fighting Ellie as Abby, that perspective, and I think everybody at this point let I at least I did I I let Ellie fuck me up at first. I was like. I, I can't. I can't fucking. Oh, do not me. This. I fucked Ellie up immediately. <laughs> Abby's like, super strong. Her. That just shows you how strong Abby could have ended all that right there. She could have. Oh yeah. Tina That's and exactly Ellie. That's exactly it. She had. She she let her live multiple times. The fact that know? she let them live, Nabil, is why I'm like. That's why you let her go. That's it. Yeah. You're good now. You guys had yeah. your little fight. You, you know, you you did some wrong on your side. You did some wrong on that side, but like you get it. But you see both sides, and like, hey, was it cool as Ellie killing all of Abby's friends? Yeah, fuck yeah, it was awesome. You kill a pregnant chick, guys. Holy know? fuck, right? <laughs> yeah, like you literally yeah, kill a pregnant chick. I was like, damn, that bitch had yeah. a baby. But then also, you know, you also a, kill dogs. So I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the, the game, like I said, it really tests tests you and stuff. But, um. But still, I love the bold choices it made. I love the inclusivity, the diversity that it had in this game. I think it's one of the most diverse games that I've ever played. And it shows that, yeah. you know, there, there needs to be more games like this, more games that push the limit, that really challenge you. Because, yeah, there's the fun game, the shooter game, the fun adventure game. But what, what about those compelling stories that really, like, elicit these emotions out of you? I think that that's also welcomed in the video game world, too. And I know not everyone's going to agree, but... Yeah. I, I, I would still say it's game. a fun it's still a fun game don't get me yeah. wrong it's just i think a lot of people had to just i mean the way that i look at this is uh kind of metal gear solid 2 like i guess yeah that i've heard you. that probably, com- that comparison too probably nabil would know what i'm talking about like you kind of get tricked out of thinking that you're going to play solid snake the whole time oh, and then you're yeah you end up not playing as Solid Snake. <laughs> you play as, uh, yeah. a character named Raiden the entire game and it's kind of like what the fuck you know but yeah I mean, you still play a large chunk of the game as Ellie, so it's oh, like, Oh, yeah. Hey. You kind of forget about it, though, as you're playing Abby, and you're just kind of thinking, you know, you get lost into it. But I honestly, I think that's really, especially with Naughty Dog, they've really mastered the whole craft of storytelling and changing things up in a game, which I kind of enjoy that much of a game, especially for someone like me who I don't really have a lot of time to, to really just jump in and play a game. I don't mind being able to have something that kind of guides me through a bit as a story. And it's more like a almost to an extent like Uncharted 4 is probably more like a virtual movie um, yeah. or interactive movie. But even The Last of Us with a solid plot, you know, you're playing as a character. It's still a story that you want to see to the end versus something yeah. where it's just like, you know, oh, I'll just pick it up later. Like a Call of Duty or something. Okay, this is what's going on. Let me wait till the next level. I'll come back and just shoot all these, uh, you know evil people but there's more consequences there's more weight on everything you do i mean like you said marco uh vengeance is is really apparent here and like all the people that she kills to, to kind of meet um you know her ultimate goal all the people that die because of it on both sides like it's a heavy toll and you're you're forced to be complicit in that yeah. uh, it's not like you're just fighting the clickers or the zombies you know you're you're killing actual people who have motives and because you get to see the other side and you see some of the motivations of what people do and why you start to have it's it the weight is just heavier each time and so exactly. that's a story where you you really get yourself fully enthralled in and you you don't know what the consequences are going to be because you're not necessarily always a willing participant but um at the same time you do want to see what choices come out at the end of it yeah i agree very much so so overall um we all 
really enjoyed this game. Obviously, w- would you guys? Let's start with Nabil. Would you? Would you still recommend this game? Sounds like you I would. would definitely recommend this game. Um, I think the weight of the story will not impact you as much um, as far as like Ellie's Drive if you hadn't played the first one though. So I do think that you need to play the first one to really get that full impact. Oh, you could definitely, definitely pick up this game yeah. and and kind of go, but the no, meaning but behind it won't be the disservice. same. Yeah, you're doing right. yourself a disservice if you don't play the fucking first game. I agree. Very true. Yeah, I, I recommend it. I, I think it's an awesome game. It's one of those things that sticks with you. It's not perfect, obviously, but I, I think it's pretty damn close. Yeah. It's one of those games that uh, even after I played it, I was I was like bummed out. I was like, damn, I feel like I just lost some friends and shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so. it, it, yeah, and and I understand some people, yeah. you know, they can't play those types of games, or that's that's not really what they do gaming for. But I, I even still, I I would recommend this game hands down, straight up. I think it's um, I. I agree with James. It's probably my game of the year too. Like I said, I haven't played anything that's that's made me feel like this in such a long time. Probably since like the Mass Effect series, I think. But yeah, I would recommend it. Do as like Nabil said too. Play the first one. Do do your due diligence and and don't I was like, Damn, miss bro, out I you, on that. I need that. you to play Spider Man next, then, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know Here's it's on my list. Shit. I know, I know. I dude, I gotta play that, and also uh, God of War. That'll give, that'll give you the great. that'll give you the feels too by the end. So, oh God of War, yeah, I heard. Fucking good, yeah, yeah. I, but, mean, I mean, I think Nabil's right. It's just Naughty Dog in general. Just the Uncharted games are amazing. Uncharted yeah. Four, Thief's End is maybe one of the best endings to a, I guess, a quadrilogy that you can do. So, yeah, I heard great things about the Uncharted series too. Yeah, little by little, I'll, I'll get there, guys. I'll catch up. You'll see one of these days. So, two generations later. Here's <laughs> he's on PS4. Here's a, he's fine. I know, right? Here's a tough question, James. Which which one of the two do you think is better overall? Last of Us One or Last of Us Two? Um, that's a good question. I thought I had this answered. Now that we discussed it, I'm like, I don't know. Actually, I like the first one overall. I think just because I like the way it ends. It's very much a father daughter story, which I always liked. Yeah. The second, it's more a little Empire Strikes Back. If you know what I mean. Yeah. So, and I hope I'm hoping. I mean, I know you're gonna get into next, but I'm hoping that it kind of ends with a third game. So I'm not sure yet. I think overall, though, the mechanics in the second game are a lot better than the mechanics in the first one. Not to mention it runs better. Even yeah. although I didn't play the remastered version of the you first can one, prone. So you guys and, did uh, that, I think, right? Jump. <laughs> yeah, they're little things, and I like the story, and I like yeah. how they they went in 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 directions that I didn't think they were gonna go with. So. I'd say overall the second one uh, wins, but it's a pretty close head-to-head for me. So, right on. What about you, Nabil? Which one is better for you? It it is pretty close as well, but I'd also say the first, mostly because of that whole connection that you're building throughout the whole story is a bit different because you're connecting with Joel and Ellie the characters together, and then that twist ending that I just did not see coming at all. Um, that I think was a really big impact that still kind of lasts with me. Like, would you want to make that kind of decision? Um, yeah. Did you guys? Did you guys world. go stealth most of the time? In the first one, I couldn't do that much. In the second, it was hard. Oh man, I knew oh, somebody was, saw was you, man. Like, fucking done. It was opposite for me. Was, I I did less stealth in the first one. I was way more stealth in this one. I feel like this I one made it like easier to go stealth. Right. Crossbow and bow and arrow for me for most things until the last part when I was Ellie in the very last part. I started just nailing people. Oh my god! I don't care. It would depend. It would yeah, depend because there were it out. 
there were situations where I was like, okay, I have enough ammo. I, I want to go ham on this because I want to test my weapons. So I would I would switch it up, but primarily I would say like 80% of the time I'd go stealth. Yeah. But uh, as far as which one was better for me, I gave it some thought. It was a close race, but overall, uh, Last of Us 2 for me, hands down. I just, I like the overall experience. I like the overall connections. I like the 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 other friendships and relationships. The fact that you didn't that have to wait seven years for a sequel. <laughs> uh, yeah, that that has to do with it. the The dynamics, the perspective, all all of it. And yeah, it's it's kind of like a a downer ending. But I guess I'm kind of a sucker for more kind of realistic, grounded endings. And even though the first one was like that it still kind of gave it a chance for things to be fixed. There is no going back from the consequences of this game. And I love that because that is life. You know, you, you, you make your choices, you make your decisions, you do your actions. There's no fucking going back. There's no take backs. And this showed that. And I like that. And I could relate to that. At least for me, that's how it was. And yeah, it, it, it just was that much more impactful for me. So last of us two hands down. Would you, would you guys, want to see a third game or do you see a potential for a third game in this series? I know James, you kind of briefly mentioned that you may have want to see a third game. Yeah. I mean, as soon as this one ended, I was already like, God, I wish we had a little more here just to get a little more closure. Um, but yeah, I'd like to see a potential third game. I'd like a time jump, probably like 20 years later or something, maybe or 10 years yeah. later would be cool. See what the actions that she's done. Like, is she ever going to let herself be sacrificed to give a cure. Is, is a cure even possible? Like, for fuck's sake, they don't even really know, you know? And True. I think that it's one of those things, too, where, um, you know, I've seen someone with no fingers play a banjo, so she can still play instruments somehow. So. <laughs> she, she can figure That's it out. That's all I'm piano. saying. Yeah, she'll figure <laughs> it out. It's just two fingers she lost. Just hey, yeah. l- flip that shit over. Use the other hand now. True. Um, but, yeah, so it's one of those things. Yeah, I'd like to see it. Uh, will we see it, though? Probably not on the PS5. I don't think. I, I kind of... I want Naughty Dog to make a new game. Truthfully, is what I think they should do for now. They've they knocked it out of the park with Uncharted and also Last of Us. I think that's ready. I think they're probably working on another IP right now. To tell you the truth, so. yeah, I believe they are. Oh, so. yeah. So I can't wait to see what it is. Um, I'm ready. Let's go. So but it's a I would Crash like Bandicoot to... reboot, man. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they already released it. Well, that's already. I know, there. right? Yeah. They don't even own the rights I... anymore. Um, Nabil, what yeah. about you? Cool. What would you like to see in a third game, or would you like to see a third game? Uh, I mean, I would I be fine if there wasn't another one? Yeah, I'd be okay. But this, the characters are interesting enough that it would. I agree with James. You know, if there was a big enough time jump, I'd be looking at ten, twenty years. You know, she's older, uh, maybe living with her consequences um, of her past, and then you know, seeing where she's at. It would be very interesting to to see where she goes, and also. You know, it was neat that they went to a different city. You know, they were yeah. in Seattle the whole time. Like, it'd be cool to, to see more of the country in different places. Like, it is it is very interesting to to um, to maybe someplace else outside of the U.S. even. So, I'm sorry St. Louis uh, wasn't on the map. a lot bro. of other potential. <laughs> it never really is. <laughs> I I would... I th- I'm on the fence. I think this one has a pretty good ending, albeit a dark one. And probably one that doesn't satisfy all parties, obviously. But still, I think it the the ambiguity of it, I think, leaves room for some hope, at least. 
even though a lot yeah, of crazy I, shit happened. I just want Ellie to have a happy ending. That's what yeah. I think I I think the the time jump would work like anywhere from ten to twenty years, and maybe she's out like you said, James, out looking for a cure. The whole adventure is maybe there's another scientist out there that's working on the research or that's able to come out with a freaking like, cure. Hey, I don't and have you to end rip up... your spine out of your body. I, yeah, I think and, I can figure this out by just taking And this time you, you, yeah, you you end up pulling a fucking, you know, Ripley from Alien 3 and you sacrifice yourself, you know? Look yeah. very good. And then come back as a clone in the next movie, you know? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Alien Space. Yeah. Would love that. Be great. But yeah, that's, uh, that, that's our thoughts on The Last of Us 2. Let us know what you guys thought of it and uh, comment and let us know if you either liked or disliked the sequel to the great video game of 2013. Nice. Uh, let's move on now to our mini review of The Tale of the Princess Kaguya. Uh-huh. You're such a beautiful little princess. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh. That kid's weird. She grows fast, like bamboo. Have you gotten bigger again? Yeah. You think so? I have heard the rumors about her. Oh my. If disobedience to his majesty is considered a crime punishable by death, well then, the only choice is to kill me. You mustn't blame yourself. Do you really want to hurt your father like this? Please don't take me away. I finally remember why I came here. All right, so on to another Studio Ghibli film. They seem to never end. Uh, we only because, have like you know, six left, by the way, after this. We're getting there, by the way. <laughs> That's quite a bit Just want to let you guys and know there's a personally. New one. There's a new one coming out, I think, uh, next year as well. So, you know, we'll watch that eventually. Oh, I mean, streaming. The plan is we get done with everything before that last one, and then we're like, booyah, we are yep. the Studio Ghibli podcast. The one and back only. three years, but we they're spread thin. They're not always titled on the podcast. We'll so build a playlist for you. You're going to have to watch yeah. them all, okay? Yeah. So, so the, the Tale of the Princess Kaguya. Uh, it's actually got 100% Rotten Tomatoes score. It came out in 2014. Uh, synopsis here. Found inside a shining stalk of bamboo by an old bamboo cutter and his wife, a tiny girl grows rapidly into an exquisite young lady. The mysterious young princess enthralls all who encounter her, but ultimately, she must confront her fate. It's directed by... Well, he did give me these names to butcher. Uh, <laughs> Welcome to my club. <laughs> directed by Isao Takahara, Grave of the Fireflies, 1988 is one of the films he's done. Also, only yesterday, 91. Palm Poco, our, our uh, favorite film, in 94. <laughs> and My Name is the Yamadas in 1999. I will mention, he, he did, outside of uh, Miyazaki, this guy has done the second most. He, he yeah, you know, he's he's, he bit. died in 2018, but he up until then, he'd been the guy that kind of did the off ones. So yeah, 
thought James was going to say, I uh, I actually bought a Pompoco stuffed animal, so uh, I don't know what the big deal is. Yeah, it's not a big deal, guys. Uh, just Grave of the Firefly still hits hard for me every time I see that. I'm like, oh, just oh, that's, that's why fun. it's also like just see the movies he's done. I know you've seen I, only yesterday as well. Yeah, uh, Nabil. So like, they're like the more somewhat serious ones, I'd say. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they, then they've got some a different kind of message behind them too. Yeah. Um. So voice cast for this: the American voice cast starring Chloe Grace Moretz. She does Princess Kaguya. James Caan as a bamboo cutter. Who, by the way. Does pretty well for for an Italian kind of voice actor because he kind of sounds like his character from from the Godfather, uh, the Godfather also in this. <laughs> and I was like, oh, "What are you okay. saying? They're getting enough. They're getting our territory, Princess Kaguya." <laughs> what? Uh, we gotta Mary bap him St- in the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Mary Steinbergen, uh, the bamboo cutter's wife. Darren Chris as Sutumaru. Lucy Liu as Lady Sagami, and James Marsden as Prince Ishitsuku. <laughs> I thought I could say it fast. I shit Sukuri? What is that? <laughs> Prince Ishit Sukuri. Yeah, close. Yeah, we're, close enough. We're I so think. cultured on this pod, I swear. It's so bad. All right, so uh, this I, I know the answer to this for James already, so I'm actually going to go to Marco and we'll start here. Marco, have you actually had you actually seen this movie before? No, this is my first time seeing this one. Yeah. And uh, what I was were like, thoughts? you knew the answer for Mark already, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, not everybody else though. He you just got a top know. ten because he's only seen ten of these, Mary. <laughs> twelve, I've seen twelve now. <laughs> True, touche. <laughs> he's getting, he's uh, getting there. I can't wait for our final list one day. We're gonna be like, <gasps> well, three years ago thing. I saw. We need you to rank it all. Three years ago, I saw this one. one. Uh, I'm trying to recall what it was again. Might need to watch it more in time. It'll blend in all together. Uh, Mark, so what were your thoughts, Marco, for the first time viewing? I liked the animation. I thought the animation was spectacular and different. It was almost like watching a storybook come to life, which was visually like pleasing. I liked the acting. The voice acting was good. I know it's in English, cultured. I know we're swine. good voice actors. I'm sorry. Can't on the studio Ghibli voice acting, but uh, the the acting was great. Um, story. Although I enjoyed the story, for the most part, I do feel that it was very slow towards the middle. A lot of scenes take way too long, like when Princess Kaguya is, is going through all this, the different suitors and everyone's trying to marry her and send her letters and things like that. And all that, like, I, I told James, I knocked out twice. So, yeah, the story could have been trimmed a little bit. This is actually the, the longest Studio Ghibli film in, in the series it's just slightly longer than princess mononoke and i'm like yeah it shows and for <laughs> uh, for a film that doesn't really that 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 relies so much on story and character rather than action i felt that that was just a little bit too long and it could have been trimmed a little bit more but it wasn't and we got what we got so um yeah i i'd say this one is because of that I'd say it's probably like a slight nay for me because uh-huh. of that. Okay. It's it just I, I enjoyed I appreciated what they were trying to do. Like again, I like the themes, the whole thing about, you know, how life decisions, you know, how, how life can just pass you by and and you know, we're we're just such fragile beings and, you know, living a short lived life and you know, sometimes we want what the heart wants and not necessarily what society wants us to 
you know, accomplish in our lives. At least that's what I got out of it. But yeah, it's it's a slight name for me. All right, all right. What about you, James? What were your thoughts on it watching it this time around? It's my second time watching it. I know we watched it the first time right before the 2015 Academy Awards, probably. Yeah. So it's been like half a decade, I guess. And I remember not... I mean, I liked it to a point last time, but I think... I agree with Marco. The movie's way too fucking long, dude. It's two hours and 15, 17 minutes or whatever. And, man, it shows. And this is definitely an example of a Studio Ghibli film that's very... I mean, I, I that's what I'm saying. Look at his movies, like Pompoko, right? And wait till we get to the neighbors, my Yamadas. But, <laughs> um, and that's why I kept some of these near the end. I mixed some good ones near the end, but I'm like, um, I told you, I was like, there's a few that I don't like. I don't like this movie. Uh, it's I don't I don't particularly find the, the story that intriguing, and I know it's maybe because it's more it's very Japanese, like it's a Japanese tale and story overall. So like maybe it's just because it's not in our culture, it's not something that um it's relatable to me personally. Uh, I like the animation to a point, but I, I kind of like stuff more colorful, but I get it. They're going for like that watercolor paintings that they have on the scrolls and yeah. blah, blah, blah. So it's like, okay, I get it. So, um, so yeah, it's a, it's a nay for me. One of the few nays. It's just, I can't, I can't imagine watching this a third time and I don't ever want to. Yeah. I don't think yeah. I want to watch this a second time either. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree to a lot of you guys' points. It was, it was too long. They needed to trim some fat, uh, like 40 they, minutes. They were, yeah, they were just lingering on <laughs> scenes of her, like, when she was growing up that, you know, could have cut out a couple segments from there. And as her being a princess and cutting out some segments there. I really did love the art style, though. I thought it was beautiful. Uh, and, and just being able to watch that on screen. And I can only imagine, um, like, the the effort it took to animate that. Oh, To make yeah. it look that way. Because it, it really was, like... Watching watercolors come to life, it, that I, I appreciated even from the first scene, just seeing that, um, and then then lingering the into a lot of the long shots. Million dollar budget. <laughs> did, did, did yeah. have some money yeah. put behind this film for sure. Um, we got so, any studio Ghibli film has probably the most budget on anything. Too. Yeah, they're 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 really taking good care of, of what they were trying to do. In fact, uh, it's it was pretty highly praised, I believe. It's just I know it's a hundred percent Rotten Tomato score, but I mean in general, I think it was actually one of the highest praised uh, Studio Ghibli films in general, just from the uh, story direction as well. Um, I think the overall story of it was was interesting enough. Um, the whole it got a uh, it got Studio Ghibli, I guess ish or Japanese ish more when they started saying, "Well, she's from the moon and she's going back to the moon." I'm like, oh, okay. yeah, at one point, out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> I would have been fine with well, her, like, being I don't think of it's out of nowhere. I think that's you know? part of the tale, like yeah, the actual tale. It's part of it, so that's like why it's like yeah. But it, that's why I'm saying we can't relate to this because it's like it's right. random as hell to us. But if you know you're an Easterner or you know or a Japanese person, this might have been like oh yeah, of course this is the next. Part oh okay, of the story. Well, yeah, I guess that makes sense because so I I thought like, I rewound it, James, and I thought I missed something in the movie. I was like, was this no, part of just when like I fell how asleep? we just like think of it like how we know Jack and the Beanstalk pretty much word for word, right? Like oh, of course he goes up there and it's a goose at Lois golden eggs, right? Maybe someone over there would be like, what the fuck, right? This makes no sense. And then you're yeah, like, what did the, the story? Did the beans sprout a beanstalk? Okay, yeah. all right, yeah. yeah it's it's like that's that how way. I would say, and that's why I'm saying. This is not the last time you guys are going to see something like very Japanese. Like there's a few more, but cool. it's 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 definitely the hardest uh, in the head. I mean, if that makes sense, like it, it hits you right over the head with like, hey, this right. is this is the story. So yeah, 
It, it, and I, like I like Dibble said, I I can respect that, but it's like you know, but just yeah. not for me. So I, yeah, well, I, I do I do like that we get to see you know some type of fairy tale from different culture, and that's it's really cool. Even yeah. though you know some of it went over my head, but it, it's interesting to kind of to to see that and see what what inspires other cultures out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah like I'll take the I'll take those uh, tanuki raccoons with the bulls instead. <laughs> <laughs> that's more that's more my speed. That's more my speed. They look silly too. <laughs> they use their balls they, to fly, sir. I think I, I mean, seen that in an episode of South Park. I'm just, just, yeah. yeah, yeah. Wait, do they rip Sul- off Pompoco? The ninety big salty <laughs> balls, man. Yeah, but I would say I would say yay for the film in in the instance of that i think it is worth a watch at least once um but for like a repeat value yeah i don't know if i'd want to put myself through it again for a third time either so so all right what's what's our overall thoughts here would uh, would you guys recommend this uh let's go no. marco would you want to <laughs> oh sorry jumped ahead how embarrassing <laughs> oh shit Marco would you recommend this uh, for a watch would this be in your you know top 20 films I guess right top 15 probably I was like that's no. only 20 movies bro <laughs> <laughs> it, this wouldn't even be in the top 30 if they had them but I would only yeah. recommend this if someone was a completionist and wanted to see like every single Studio Ghibli film then I would say sure give it a shot if not no <laughs> I, I can't recommend this one it's it, it's just not going to be up a lot of people's alley in my opinion so no i can't yeah what yeah, about you Jim? this is like on the bottom of my list man probably this is yeah. probably this isn't the worst one though for me this is the second to worst for me oh so, it still ranks pretty bottom okay yeah we haven't seen the one that i think is the absolute worst yet so spoiler guys no <laughs> i mean hey something figure it out right you guys know how to do the math figure out what we haven't watched right yeah, I mean, uh, I wouldn't rank it very high, but just for the animation style itself, it is it is a very beautiful watch. Even if you just put it on mute and watch it in the background, very pretty colors. It's just very beautiful artwork. Very nice to look at. It's another Hobbs and Shaw watch, and when it comes out, yeah. he's like, my number three is the Tale Prince Kid. What the fuck? What? Just out of nowhere. Yeah. You know what? I thought about suddenly. it. I liked it. <laughs> you didn't say that at all during the review, though, Nabil. You know, you got to give yourself time for perspective. You saw it five years ago, Nabil. What are you talking about? <laughs> I know. No, I think uh, yeah, I, I it wouldn't be very. This is the very o- high although I will say this much. Outside of the one that I think is the worst, this this and that one are the only two that I was fearing of watching again. Everything else, I'm like we're solid. So I'm like cool, awesome. So very cool. Glad we knocked it out of the way. Yeah. Yes, I am too. Because this is one the, we were actually going off. This is the next movie, The Wind Rises, will be the end of that 2018. Thing that we never ended and then after that there hasn't been one since then so or 2019 yeah, i guess very much that was 2019 actually so we'll be done and then all the rest are just we're, we're knocking out the rest of them pretty much so mm-hmm. it works out pretty well yep. let's keep it uh so yeah so we're, we're gonna have another one next next pod as well guys we're actually we are close to knocking this thing out so i hope yeah. you guys have enjoyed it we we do as much as we shit on this one we do have fun doing these studio ghibli films so and I'm glad you guys are watching them all finally as well. So, and it's nice yeah. to see them in. Uh, I mean, for Nabil especially, this is only his second one in HD. He's probably like, "This is crazy." So, because the colors, guys, the colors, <laughs> dude, the animation. I'm like, dude, they've all looked good. Oh, wait a minute, because he was off that 480i and 480p back then. 480. All right, so wow. let's get into <laughs> let's get into our main movie review of Never Say Never Again. John Connery is James Bond, Agent 007, 
Never say never again. My name is Bond. Oh, you're Mr. Bond. I believe I'm having you in half an hour. Oh, splendid. Your room or mine. Have you, Mr. Bond? You're marvelously well equipped. Thank you, James. So are you. Good to see you, Mr. Bond. Things have been awfully dull around here. I hope we're going to have some gratuitous sex and violence. I certainly hope so, too. Based on the 1961 James Bond novel Thunderball, previously adapted in the 1965 film, and not produced by Eon Productions, this film finds James Bond tracking down two stolen nuclear warheads before they're detonated by a Spectre agent. Spectre. And fun fact, the last time they used the word Spectre until the 2015 movie. Because they had these, these are the people that had the rights to it that we talked about during our marathon. So, And actually, guys, I even brought that. back our old format. I don't know if you noticed that or not. So you guys can see what we have here. This is diver- uh, it's very much like our uh, James Bond marathons one through four. I want to say we did four of them, right? Yeah. Good God, we did a lot of James Bond. So many. So never say never again. It was released in 1983. This is directed by Irvin Kershner. Uh, you may know him as the director of Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back in 1980. Uh, the Star War. The Star War <laughs> and uh, RoboCop Two in 1990. So all great ace. Who's 007 in this movie? Sean Connery returns. He's aged 53 in this one. As James pointed out, still younger than Roger still Moore. Still three years point. younger than Roger Moore, by the way, and uh, came out the same year as Octopussy. So. The main Bond girl in this one is Kim ba- uh, Basinger, plays uh, Domino Patachi. The villain is played by Klaus Maria Branger as Maximilian Largo and Max von Sydow as Ernst Stavro Blofeld. Had a little role there. That was cool. kind of cool to see him. I, I didn't realize that. I was like, oh, shit. Uh, this also stars Barbara Carrera as Fatima, Bernie Casey as Felix Leader, Alice McCowan as Q, Edward Fox as M, Pamela Salem as Miss Moneypenny, and the first film that Rowan Atkinson was ever in is this movie, and he plays Small no, Really? That yes. I didn't know. Oh, yes, sir. Interesting. His first role, and he's... You can tell that he's smashing he it out the park. He, that's why he did Johnny English. He's like, I already was yeah. in a James Bond movie. Let's fucking do this. Uh, so, what's the villain trying to do here? Oh, by the way, guys, full spoilers. I hope you guys understand this. It's yeah, top to bottom spoilers. Figure it out. And also, if you guys have heard it's our review canon. of Thunderball, uh, you pretty much know what's going to happen, right? Same kind of film. So, uh, what's the villain trying to do here? Hold world powers for ransom with nuclear weapons. How does Bond save the day? Bond achieves the weapons and defeats Largo. Technically, Domino defeats Largo, but you yeah. know. Wolfhead survives to continue his plots of terror. So one of the main reasons we did it, we, we had talked about it during the marathons. That, hey, there's technically two non-James Bond ones, but the other one's more of a, a parody of the whole thing. They don't really take it too serious. Like Casino Royale from 1967. So that's why I wanted... I, I knew one day we'd come back to this probably. And... Um, I figured we'd talk about this before... Uh, the new one comes up. Yeah, I thought that, but then with the passing of Sir Sean Connery, it's kind of felt right to probably bring this one up a little bit more recent now, especially with that happening. So, um, I do want to. We'll keep it somewhat brief on it, but we're really just kind of talking about it, just how we did with the James Bond films and what worked and what didn't work, I guess. And 
kind of sure. it's pretty free on these James Bond reviews, of course. But uh, I know none of you guys have seen this before, right? No, never. Right? Okay. <laughs> yeah, never, <laughs> sir. Wink at the camera. Uh, so I've seen it once before. I didn't. I I, I saw it a long time ago. Probably in high school. I I don't think I knew that it wasn't part of the uh, 007 canon and such like that. So at the time, you know, internet wasn't quite up to par back then. So it was kind of like, what the hell's going on? And I was like, man, this is kind of weird. Like, why was it? I didn't realize he came back and all this stuff because he looks much older in this one. As opposed, I think his <laughs> previous one was Diamonds Are Forever, right? Seventy one. Yeah, that, that was his technically his last film. His last of canon. official canon one in the Eon production. So this one is he comes back. And I'll start with you, Nabil. What'd you think about it? Uh, Barbara Carrera uh, got nominated for a Golden Globe, and I think it's because she got blown up. Yeah, she literally yeah. looks down, explodes. <laughs> I looked at my dog when this happened. He looked at me, and I was like, that's what happens, good boy. That's the film right there, guys. I saw that scene. I was hooked. I was like, well, <laughs> every Nabil freaking liked it so much, he texted me. He didn't quite say the words he's saying now, but it was a little more it was a little more rated R, and I was like, I agree. <laughs> yeah. Gee, so, I you know the film, uh, gosh, it's it's not a good movie. I don't think it's a terrible film though. Is the other weird thing like as far as bomb films are concerned, especially with the Roger Moore films we went through that I thought were a bit of a slugfest. Uh, this, this actually had a higher bad. production. Uh, it had more money than Octopussy to make, by the it way. Did, yeah, but it did not perform as well. It was it was close, but it didn't do as well. Yeah. So uh, and you know there was there was a lot of surprisingly big names attached to this film for a non-canon film. Yeah. You know, yeah. With with Connery, of course, and um, he he made quite a bit of money off of this movie. But uh, you also, like you said, you have Max von Sydow and even uh, Maria Brandauer, like and early Kim Basinger. You know, she was still, I think, younger. Uh, starting her career, but nevertheless, like even some, getting some Irvin Kershner after his success with Empress Strikes Back, yeah, was, was, yeah, yeah that's a big too. deal. Yeah, yep. So I mean, there was definitely some prestige in there. Um, the the gosh, I I want to say something about the plot. There really isn't anything to say about the plot. It's just he it's like, goes have to you the seen Thunderball? It's fucking yeah, I mean, Thunderball. It's the same thing. It's it's nothing really I mean, that once again, they only could do that. That's why because they only had yeah. the rights to that specific so story because yeah. that's the one that was locked up. With all the legal issues, so they only mm. could do that. But that also gave them the ability to use Spectre and Blofeld. So yeah, best scene in the film, I think, um, is the, the the scene underwater where he's getting attacked by the sharks. I like that, that was pretty cool. I was interested. The sharks look real. I was trying to figure out: are these real sharks? Those are, are real sharks. Are they really? Those are real sharks. That's, that's pretty cool. They look pretty Just like real Thunderball. No offense, yeah. they use real sharks in that too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes, but still, it was like pretty damn say cool. Swear. <laughs> Thunderbolt had the better. Hey man, that's a real shock. <laughs> Thunderbolt had the better epic underwater fight scene for sure, especially for the sixties. I mean, near the standard. end, yes, yeah, that last scene. But just seeing that scene in this film was was pretty in- enjoyable, uh, and and it was a bit high stakes. You didn't know what was going to happen, and definitely trying to hide away from the sh- those sharks were vicious. So, so I enjoyed that scene a lot, but uh, I didn't really care much for much of the other film. So I'll be honest about that. Oh, fuck you too, Nabil. All right, what about you, Marco? <laughs> what to say about this movie? This movie was pretty horrible, but enjoyable. I grabbed a bottle of whiskey, poured me a glass. And he doesn't remember play. any of it. 
And oh my god, first of all, this movie starts like a porno. <laughs> I texted James that exactly. I was like, oh my fucking god, this movie starts off like a goddamn porno. I almost thought I put on the wrong movie. I was like, oh shit. But no, <laughs> it was What's never. What's on the never voodoo again. library, James? You slap pooch. <laughs> um, it it has some good aspects to it. I mean, you know, it's a it's a James Bond movie for the most part. But you you know you can tell that Sean Connery is getting uh, up there, and some of the fight scenes were atrocious. I just kept yeah. laughing the whole time because <laughs> it it was like they were just slap fighting. And, Truthfully, uh, there's not a lot of fighting. Actually. No, there no, isn't. Except I mean, pieces. They do a lot yeah. of pieces. Yeah. Of it's a Connery, lot of like, hey, here's he there. now. Then he's doing a which dance is weird. sequence for some reason. And then which is like... weird because I could swear he does more action in movies like he The does. Rock. And he... I'm like, he's older there. But uh, yeah. this one, it's just, you know, it, yeah. it doesn't quite hit. They have the long ass uh, sequence in the hospital. Or not in the hospital, in the spa. Where he's fighting with the big guy. <laughs> And he's just getting thrown through like glass, like doors and windows, like left and right. And I'm just freaking dying. I'm just like, it's oh my god, this is happening. It's the same scene from Thunderball, though, where yeah. he fights the guy in the small scene. So I was like, oh, this is the same exact scene. So, except he gets thrown like 20 times more in this one. And I thought, and this one ends it. much more violently. By the way, I will say, Jesus, it, it Christ. does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was and like, God damn, what's in back. your back, dude? Yeah, right? Like, oh, I was like, Jesus oh, Christ. He's trying to do some chemistry in his back. He's Look like, at that. I threw my piss in your face. <laughs> and M, is, M is fucking ridiculous in this. I think uh, Edward Fox just goes a little too hammy on it. And I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. Come on, man. So that aspect was kind of cheesy. The femme fatale, though, number 12, Fat, I think, who I think was Fatima, right? She played number 12. Yeah. yeah. She she did great. I thought that she did really good in her, in her role. She uh, was actually useful to the plot, which was awesome. She's actually damn though, near more of the villain than Largo, man. Exactly, really yeah. Is. And e- even though James Bond was just one step ahead of her assassination attempts, like she was still like getting really close to him, which I thought was really cool. Blofeld, Max von Sydow, <laughs> man, he just uh, he takes it to eleven in this one. He <laughs> he's so cheesy. It's good and it works for this. And. <laughs> It was hard for me to take him serious. I was just like, oh, no, Max von Sydow, what are you doing? He created a video game that shocks you. <laughs> no, that was Largo. That's Largo. Oh, I'm checking Largo. Oh, that's Damn, right. bro. <laughs> oh, I'm oh, thinking of, you're thinking of Blofeld. That's what they had to put their hands oh, down because they're like, the hey, Sean's too, <laughs> Sean's too freaking old, man. Like, We can't show him getting whoops. We've got to show him like physically getting they, hurt from a video game. Did yeah. they not have licensing for gambling or was Largo just a huge gamer? I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of with uh, it. It was popular. That's arcade everywhere. He was just He had an arcade casino, and I'm like, where is this at? Uh, the the game was actually you know for the for for the time the effects weren't that bad on that video game I'll give it I, that I will say 1983 yeah dude that's what 35 years ago I was like that, right. that doesn't look half bad I mean they also did don't get me wrong Most, me and, uh, Marco did get to see the 4K remaster of it yeah so it's like I guess this is cleaned up a bit I guess Question <laughs> yeah so most of the effects weren't that bad and of course keeping up with tradition with every one of the James Bond films we've done. Uh, there are actually two James vehicles in this movie. <laughs> the unnecessary the, the, uh, hover, the hover devices. Those fucking jetpacks. Him and Leader or Felix are just flying them like buddies. Like, what's up, man? Let's just land right here. I was like, why <laughs> do they have these? 
I was like, can somebody <laughs> ever just steal that? Isn't that supposed to be top secret? Like, you drop it off once you get out and then... Dude, they're casually just driving them, too. I'm like, damn, yeah. all right. I guess They get launched happened. off a fucking submarine. The rocket pops open, and they're in a jetpack, and I was it's fucking not very dying. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. It was so top secret. I'm like, it's not top secret if everyone can fucking see you, dude. Right. How are you going to hide that? It's not like they move fast either. I'm like, they're slow as fuck, <laughs> man. <laughs> it was hella fucking slow. And there was no reason for them to do that. They easily could have launched in the same manner that all the freaking Navy men did. Like, yeah. from the submarine underneath. It's just, it's just a way for him not to get wet, that's all. You know, I was like, what keep the, the hair fuck? This was just an excuse to do a dumb device. The second vehicle <laughs> was the, the motorcycle. Because that was... For some reason, it was just hilarious. When he does the jumps on the motorcycle, I was just fucking Once dying. again, like Nimbo said, <laughs> a whole set piece. It's just like, this is the chase yeah. scene now. Yeah. yeah. In vehicle, not horse yet. So. Yeah. Uh, James Bond just smashing again. I think he has the most sex in this movie than any other James Bond movie I've seen. It's a very long sex scene, particularly with Barbara Carrera's character. I was like, okay. Yeah, but he, like, he, he sleeps with like four women in here. And I'm like, wow, okay, James, he's just overdoing it. He's just flexing. He's like, take that, Roger Moore. I'm not going to do his accent. I got to say, can't do for a uh, kind of in the 50s, Sean Connery was in really good shape still. Yeah, yeah it wasn't that bad. Uh, though I do like how they tried to say how he was out of shape at the beginning. I, I like it, how they yeah. bring up the fact that he's playing his age, though. They're like, you're, you're old, right. dude. You've been yeah, out of the for years <laughs> at this point. Like, I was he tells James his, are basically he body shaming the, him. Uh, Kind of. They he fails his uh his test in the beginning like which like, you I got killed. you know I like that because it reminded me a lot of Skyfall. They when did he that. He has to get back in shape. That's true. For that, Touché. yeah. They they did that uh, in in response to the fact that um, Roger Moore's character is still playing like he's like in his twenties in a way. I mean, which he yeah. never was and to begin with, but like he's supposed to be playing a much younger guy, and he's you know, and it's like in this movie though, he's like they they're aware he's old. Like they're like yeah. you're old, dude. Like. Go out. I and like that self awareness. Though it worked, it, yeah. it it worked. I do agree that the shark scenes were the best. I do. I did like those scenes a lot. I like when he's trying to escape from the shark and he's swimming through the ship. I told James that Jaws four rips that off. Like two years later, I'm not. I'm not lying. It's it's almost exactly the same. I'm like, what the fuck? Where have I seen this before? I'm like <laughs> this is Jaws four. They even use the tank to freaking go up uh, above water too. I'm like this. This is Jaws four. I can't believe this. I'll find the scene. Josh I'll send it to you. Josh the psychic The revenge. One? No, the revenge. Yeah. The, 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 you don't remember? You must have not seen it recently. <laughs> she has a psychic connection to the shark. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. I the know shark, what I'm talking the about. The shark roars, sir. Yeah. It, it has a lion's roar at the end. I'm like, uh, sharks don't have vocal cords, but okay. Yeah. Fun fact. I, when they're eating you, it's quiet. It's the yeah. only thing that's, the only thing you can hear is just screams. I think uh, one of my other favorite Don't. scenes is uh, when Sean Connery shows up just wearing overalls and no shirt. Well, yeah, no, the connection cool. is that he's wearing the overalls a chick was wearing, right? I think. Yeah. I was like, well, but this is he, I was like, okay. he did the dirty. He did the <laughs> he dirty. He had socks on, too. <laughs> yeah, on a boat. I was like, those are going to get soaked. Yeah. Let me tell you guys my opinion real quick before we get into any more scenes. Um, This was not good, like you said. I, about what I expected, but I had fun watching this though for some odd, like really odd reason. Oh, I, I guess too. maybe I was telling you guys like I think it's because like I had a lot of fun doing the double seven marathons earlier this year, 
So it reminded me of like a because man, this is the era of where they're really fucking cheesy, man. They don't really get dark yeah, until the I Timothy Dalton movies. So this is like the last one. They're still going off that same kind of formula of like, hey, this is just it's like cheesy. And the fact that it's like Sean Connery still is like you're you're especially getting cheesy. You're getting like that '60s kind of vibe in a way. In in the '80s, it was kind of weird. Um, I'll say this much: I still like that motorcycle scene. I thought it was well done as a set piece. It's just you know, it's a chase. You know, shit's going on. <laughs> And for the most part, it's a pretty forgettable story, though. Like I said, it's just was Thunderball. I think Thunderball overall is a better movie, obviously. I agree. And I do like the fact that um, the re- one of the reasons Sean Carney came back too was that he had some control of who they hired for the movie. That's why they got like Max von Sydow and um, even like Claus Maria uh, Brander, like was a big name actor back then. I guess I don't know. You tell me. So he had like a little more control because his he said and rather than trivia like uh, the previous Bond films always lacked really good talent he said yeah, so he right. he made it like a, a a big deal with the producers to actual hire like good actors and actresses which I think shows uh, there's a lot of good um, moments in the film there's a lot of super cheesy shit but I I you know for the most part I I I, I somewhat liked the movie like. It's not a good movie though. It's it's one of those like it's so bad it's good films, but maybe with the passing of Sean Connery, it's just one of those things that like it's just like you know it's fucking it's one of those movies that you don't got to think about a lot. It's fun. Yeah, they're selling fucking Kim Basinger at one point in the fucking middle of an area. It's fucking to Bill just selling her like I take uh, coins for her. <laughs> Yeah, it's very random that they go to. Why did they do that? I was like, oh my god, they're like white lady, and they're all touching her hair and shit, and the guy's saying some shit with his. They were like trying to fucking auction. I was like, hey man, that's the bad guy from fucking Last Crusade. What's going on here, dude? (laughs) And that happened out of nowhere too. I'm like, just so all of a sudden, like they're just auctioning her. Talk about Largo was just like here. Ending too, by the way, man. Yeah, dude, when he gets shot in the back, it's just like, and then it just cuts to them like chilling in the hot tub. I was like, what the hell? (laughs) I was like, that's it. Like, don't worry about it. They figured it out, okay? Threat eliminated. Threat eliminated, yep. And then he's just chilling there, and it's just Sean Carn like, ha, 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 kiss me. Well, it's the same thing with Ron Atkinson just disappeared after they left Nassau, and then suddenly, like, oh, he shows up. I don't know if they were expecting to make more movies or something, but it's just like, okay, I guess. But um, I don't know. I had fun with it. I think, you know, for the most part, it's not, like we said, it's not part of the canon, so it's not essential viewing, but... Wait, James, I you think... didn't talk about the best scene, though. You talking about the horse? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the horse itself. The horse scene. Well, that's immediately after the whole trying to sell I, I Domino. Was James, I was, yeah. I was watching this with my brother, and um, it was right at the scene where they were on the edge of the cliff with the horse. And my brother's like, what, is he going to jump with the fucking horse? And literally he the next sure scene, he just, he just yeah. fucking does Hey, what it, would you man. guys do? Break your legs was... or break the horses? <laughs> I was fucking dying. I was like, Wow. <laughs> I, not to mention, oh, it is the probably the cheesiest shot of effects in the whole movie. God, hey, we still yeah, aren't even mentioning. The there's certain fake. scenes that are just ridiculous. Even like uh, Domino's brother stuff. with the fucking eye thing, and he's just like, oh, one big ass <laughs> blue eye. The guy from Willow. Is that where he's from? Yeah, he's from Willow. I didn't wow. recognize him. I was like, I looked he looked up, like I was someone. Like, Who is this guy? Yeah, he's he's Eric in Willow. Okay, Me- yeah. Deep dive, Margaret. Deep I know. dive. Uh, it's just, but once again, that's from, they kind of took that aspect from Thunderball because it was like a, a guy was working as a double member and then they put the body in the plane right. in that one and that crash and that's how they retrieved the missiles and this one. Oh like, yeah, it was the whole it, Dark Knight okay. Rises. Yeah. Kind of. Or, I mean, well, technically they took it from M, right? 
50 years prior. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, Nolan is inspired by Bond movies, so. That's true. That's very true. Um, so I would say overall, I had fun. It was a fun movie. It's not good. It's not good. It's not nothing compared to other. I mean, but man, we didn't exactly. We weren't exactly fans of Octopussy, man. So I mean, no, I, I wasn't a big fan of a lot of. I, Roger I, Moore I almost feel like if we had watched this in the timeline of doing the Roger Moore ones, we might have even liked it a little more, just to be like, oh, thank God we didn't have to watch Roger Moore I for agree. an hour and forty-five fucking minutes or something, you know. Um, that's the only thing I would think of. Like, oh, it was just better because the fact is, I think all of us had talked about it. We we we, we like Sean Connery, so yeah, yeah. At least he actually used a gun in this one. That's true. He never. Yeah, yeah I I like the part too where he tells the guy it's a bomb and he comes back out and it's just his case for cigars. Yeah, so I was like, <laughs> that's a good little James Bond joke. Though. I like yeah, that too. Like He's like, bomb. if you move it, and then he comes back. Thanks, and I was like, oh my god, I actually chuckled. It's his cigars. I was like, he just played a video game too. I thought he was gonna forget about that guy. I was like, oh, he just left that guy hanging, and then he It'd comes be like back. That for scene him. from Airplane with the guy. He puts the guy in the fucking. He's like, I'll be right back in the taxi. <laughs> yeah, and he leaves and he's <laughs> the still meter running. <laughs> yeah. And it's one of those things after the credits. Like he's still sitting there. He's like, are we going yet? Uh, what do you guys think though? Would you recommend it? I know it hasn't aged well, obviously, but uh, would you recommend this though, Nabil? No, not really. Um, I mean, unless you're like a really big James Bond fan, you just want to go. If you've the seen them all, would you say you should probably knock this out? I do. If you've seen them all, yeah. put this on your list. Do, don't watch Casino Royale because there's no point in watching that. The uh, the '60s one, but this one I think is a good enough because it is technically a remake of a Thunderball, and they they are somewhat serious. You know, it's not just a, a spoof. Yeah. That you know, I I for that reason, it's still I tongue in cheek a lot. He breaks the fourth wall for fuck's sake. Yeah, especially at the end. <laughs> That wink, bro. <laughs> oh, man. But uh, I mean, overall, no, I wouldn't recommend. I liked, it I liked the left and right when he did that. I was like, me. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> what about Jeez. you, Marco? No, I, I can't recommend this unless, like, what Nabil was saying. You know, you you want to complete all the James Bond movies, or I mean, if you're having a fun night with friends and you want to just put something for fun, you want to do a drinking game. Then yeah, I think this movie is is a good one for that. Or if you just want to have some fun, turn your brain off. Uh, I recommend this. Fuck it. I'm going to say it right now. Go ahead and watch this bitch, man. It's Number a fun movie. Pick. Not a lot of people have seen it, too. That's why I'm saying. If, if you're trying to find someone that thinks they've seen all the Sean Connery <laughs> James, films and never seen it. It's worth it for that overall scene. No shirt. Just no, it's overall. Worth it for that. It's worth it for that uh, horse scene, bro. <laughs> uh, it, I, I liked it. Fuck it. I think it's fun. It's I like... I don't know. I like James Bond a lot, too. So it's like, fuck it, man. Just, just check it out. I would say... I would recommend though if you're watching them as a marathon, watch it when it came out in the same time. Watch it after Octopussy, and I think you'll get yeah, a better watch it in order. appreciation of it. Don't watch it yeah. six months after you did a marathon already. Then it might not make sense. But um, it's one of those things where I I I don't know. I had fun. It's one of those movies that I mean, it's not for everyone, obviously. But as we've told you already, it's like a, like you got to be like a niche kind of viewer, I guess you know, to appreciate right. it. So. Uh, with that, guys, that is the end of podcast number 86. Thanks for listening. Feedback, responsive reviews. Marco, let them know how they can reach us. You can't anymore. No, I'm just kidding. The bill's back, so we get permission. So. Never say Green never. light. Yeah. Again. Never say pod again. So check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at MoviePalsPod. Also, if you use Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio or Stitcher, hit that subscribe button 
and you'll never miss an episode. And I almost forgot it finally happened, guys. I can't believe it. We did it after pandering to all you guys for so long. We're back to five stars, baby. Woo! We did it. That's right. I got three new devices over the last two weeks, so I logged in and did it myself. So, pats on the back all around. No, thank you, everyone, so much. We really appreciate it. Keep keep coming up with those reviews. Keep letting us know what you think, what you want to see, what you don't want to see. Keep talking to us on our social media. We really appreciate it. And yeah, really hit that subscribe button because we we really want you to keep coming back. We love you all. Yeah. Uh, tune in next time, guys. Episode 87 is coming up here. Uh, be kind of a Thanksgiving episode or after after Thanksgiving, I guess is what we would call it. After you've settled in with all the food, your belts are a little loose and Turn us on. Relax. I mean, since, yeah. you know, you're not supposed to have your families over and stuff, so just check us out, right? Let us be your family. Let it, oh, <laughs> That's beautiful. So we'll for the next one, we're, unless it changes, of course, it's tentatively stated we're going to watch the Prime Video exclusive Uncle Frank. And we're going to watch the Studio Ghibli film for our mini-review, The Wind Rises. So until then, this is James. And Marco. And Nabil. Have a good one.